0: Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane,
1: 107.5. Happy hump day. and uh, Today, a big Wednesday, October the 5th, and uh, a lot going on in the sporting news world as number 62 finally flies out of the ballpark over in Arlington. What did I tell you about that first at-bat? Yeah, sec- second games. or third pitch. Yeah. Uh, I can't recall uh, which pitch. But, you know, there was a, another... Yankee record set Yes, it was kind of hidden a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about that. Braves finally clinched the NL East. I think they spent a total of uh, eight days in first place. The Mets were there for roughly 175 days. College football coaches, man, a host of football coaches being fired and payouts. We'll mention and talk a little bit about that. The NFL power rankings out. Uh, The Saints dropped three spots from 17 to 20. Elsewhere, shake-up at practice yesterday with the Saints. Uh, Five transactions for them, too. Uh, Kind of interesting uh, here as uh, just a quarter of the season basically is going by they play 17 games the saints have played uh, four uh, but only a game out of first place in the nfc south elsewhere the pelicans zion williamson made a little appearance last night against the uh uh chicago bulls and played uh 15 minutes scored 13 points i do believe in uh preseason game true yeah. but uh you know he's got to get in a little basketball oh, yeah. oh, shape oh, no too doubt. i'd played no in uh, what maybe a year and a half uh, approximately Elsewhere, high school coaches on the show later on. Uh, we'll have one at seven uh, 730 another at a quarter to eight and let them talk about their upcoming games and their past games uh, last week. So, uh, Jeff, a lot going on in the sporting world. It's first started off with uh, number 62 as Aaron Judge sets the American league record with his sixty second homer over in Arlington as uh I do believe I didn't watch all the game I caught the home run uh I think the Yankees prevailed five to four in that in that game or lost five to four in that game I'm trying to recall but anyway uh judge uh gets the uh monkey off his back, so to speak, and hits uh hits a third pitch, second a third pitch out of the stadium for his 62nd. It was a Yankee victory. Oh, okay, at Five yeah. to four. Was that correct? Yep. Yeah. And passes Roger Maris. I wonder, I didn't, of course, after all the, um, hoopla with the 62nd, uh, uh, felt that the record was in place. So, uh, hit it off of, a uh, Jesus to uh, 391 foot shot that, uh, uh, let off the second leg of Tuesday's doubleheader. Of course, they played two that day. You reminded me, uh, Monday about that. And, uh, Unlike sixty-one, which landed in Toronto's bullpen, number sixty-two was caught by a Rangers fan from Dallas named Corey Humans, who was quickly taken by security to get the ball authenticated, and he's already reportedly received offers of two million dollars for that ball.
2: Here, here is the call from okay. John. Uh, what is his name? Uh, Sterling. Uh, John Sterling. In fact, I was listening to the radio broadcast. Earlier uh, in game one, it wasn't available for me to stream because it's uh, they are playing Texas. Yeah, and, blackouts. And uh, the, the blackout, yeah. uh, but I was able to listen to the radio broadcast. And I thought for uh, the New York Yankees, the uh, broadcast team was pretty sterile. But anyway, uh, here's number 62. <laughs> Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. 62 to set the new American League record. Aaron Judge hits his 60 second. All the Yankees out of the dugout to greet him. He points out something very interesting. Three Yankee right fielders. The Babe hitting 60 and 27.
3: The Jolly Roger hitting 61 and 61. And now Aaron Judge Hits his 62nd home run. The most home runs any American leaguer has hit in a single season. And the American League has been alive for 120 years.
2: Almost as old this as John Sterling. It is
3: Judgment Day. <laughs> Case
2: closed. Anyway, uh, great scene there. In, yes. uh, in, in what uh, one uh, story said, Choctaw Stadium.
1: Did really?
2: Which is the new name for the old Rangers ballpark, the ballpark at Arlington. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I couldn't believe it. I, I read that uh, fan fell uh, out of the stands at Choctaw Stadium trying to get numbers. Safe. I'm like, what the heck is Choctaw Stadium? And I had to look it up, and uh, that is the new sponsor, Choctaw Must probably be a casino yeah or there is a casino area. up uh, a little north of there so yeah, and uh we're, we're, so they've renamed uh the old and it, the old stadium still in use is it uh, for a lot of purposes uh, sometimes they play soccer uh there have been many different events there uh still
1: yeah and that stadium was opened in 94 and yeah. i've been to that stadium twice and it's uh anyway uh Owners are getting their ways with municipalities you know paying for stadiums so uh
2: roof was closed during the day but open at in the evening uh, yesterday right. not right. sure if that was at all a factor but i don't I, that that hit uh, didn't need any help whatsoever
1: no. anyway three nine and ninety nine uh, the numbers uh of course two of them have been retired uh with regards to that but the other news is kind of overshadowed to uh uh, Cole broke uh, the all-time Yankee single-season strikeout mark set by Louisiana Lightning Ron Guidry Mm. as he struck out his 200, I think, in 49th or 250th batter during the season, and uh, to break Louisiana Lightning's mark that was set, I think, in '78 or '9, by uh, uh, Ron Guidry of uh, he lives in Scott now, of course, formerly uh, of uh, Lafayette. uh, and um, that was kind of hitting a little bit. So, elsewhere in the Major League Baseball, too, Jeff, the Braves finally clinched the NL East as they uh, sat in first place, as I mentioned, a total of eight days throughout the course of the season. The Mets uh, were in first, the other 175 approximately during the course of the year. So, the Braves uh, have the uh, second bye in the National League. Uh, Dodgers, of course, the number one seed. Braves, number two. Cardinals, three. Then uh, the Mets come in at four, and uh, five is San Diego, and six is the Phillies, who've lost 10 out of their last 18 games. But uh, they're in the playoffs, of course, over in the American League. And between they and the Brewers, uh, both stumbling toward the end. Now watch them uh, have a run in the postseason. (laughs) The Phillies, well, we'll see. Uh, Anyway, uh, over in the – American uh, League, of course, uh, the Astros, number one seed, along with the Yankees, uh, the other division winner, the Guardians uh, over in the NL Central, uh, I mean, the AL Central in the wild court spots. Jeff uh, helped me there uh, with the uh, three other remaining um, playoff teams for the uh uh, I want to say yeah, Seattle going to be at Toronto five versus yeah, Toronto four there, and,
2: and then Tampa Bay Rays, yeah, the Rays uh, they're I taking about on the Cleveland uh, six versus three. That'll be in Cleveland. And remember, uh, all games are all three games are in the same stadium in the uh, higher seed stadium. They're really? not
1: traveling. Oh wow! Did, no, no did, days off and that's in unless rain and that's in uh, just the first round. Okay. All right. And it's a 2 out of 3, too. Right. right. It's not a one playoff game. It's 2 out of 3, I exactly. think. Exactly. The next uh, series for the division championship is uh 3 out of 5 and then of course the championship series along with the world series are 4 out of 7. Correct. In that regard. So we'll be playing baseball uh probably late November early um late uh, October early November in that regard. Anyway, I saw a, a neat article uh, with uh, about coaching in uh, college coaching here uh, through the course of the year, and uh, what's really amazing, Jeff, is uh, the money being paid out to uh, football coaches—the college football buyout boom—and it, it
2: really sends a message too, saying one, these coaches are disposable, and all that matters is winning. Uh, that you're so willing to dismiss coaches after. You know, four or five games, you're two and three, one and four, whatever the case may be. Your, your season is going nowhere anyway. Yeah. Why not hold on to the coach? Uh, yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, you know, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense to and me. the disruption that caused throughout exactly. the team. You know, a lot of these players do, came to certain schools because of the coach or coaches for that matter, even though you should go to college because of the school that you feel – Uh, like I feel at home with. Anyway, three of the five. uh, The the uh, better basket weaving program. That's
2: the reason you should be (laughs) playing
1: football at college. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Anyway, the NBA coaches that were fired during the first five weeks of the college football season have lost their jobs the same span. Why it matters these fires come at a steep cost and has become the norm for coaches to negotiate huge buyouts in their contracts that guarantee substantial portion of their salary if they're canned. Uh, of course, the universities, uh, all Power Five programs owe them, you ready, Mm $56,700,000. And topping the list, if Scott Frost in Nebraska with a $15 million buyout, and from what I understand, of course, he was the first, to my knowledge, to be let go, if Nebraska were waiting to October 1st, they'd have saved $8 million. You know, if they really wanted to get rid of him, um, they'd have saved, but they didn't. Carl Durrell from Colorado, is another one, 11.4 million buyout. Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech, 11.3 million dollar buyout. Paul uh, Christ of Wisconsin. Uh, of 11 million buyout and Herm Edwards over at Arizona State, $8 million buyout. I'd be willing to bet that $8 million buyout by Herm Edwards was more than he ever made in the NFL when he played with the Eagles back in the day. Or when he was a coach. That's right. That's right. So uh, the big picture over the past decade, you ready? Universities have spent $530 million to fire football coaches per the Knight Commission on Intercollegiate uh, Athletics.
2: Uh-oh. How much of that is booster influence, do you think, uh, saying, this guy's got to go, uh, otherwise I'm not spending any more money here or there?
1: Good question. And
2: uh, also, you know, like we know the Tiger Athletic Foundation, uh, that pays a substantial portion they of uh, the head coach's salary, so... You know, it's not always coming out of state coffers.
1: Yeah, and a lot of that, as you mentioned, uh, you know, most of these coaches that pay through the university, uh, when you hear these big buyouts and all, you know, that's uh, their pension is still rolling in too. And a lot of these coaches have been, uh, 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 I guess, uh, vested in their pensions. And they're still going to get another check if they decide to cash in when they're allowed or when they're able to. And I mentioned earlier, Nebraska could have saved itself north of $8 million if Frostbite waited to 20 days to fire, and they decided it wasn't worth it. So, uh, anyway, the ballooning figures, it's, uh, man. How, how
2: many games have they won since? I
1: think they've won one. Yeah, so it wasn't like They worth beat it. Indiana maybe uh, recently. I, I could be incorrect, but uh, Nebraska is having a tough year. Of course, they've had a tough time when they got into the Big Ten, you know, leaving the uh, Big 12 back, uh, what, three or four years ago? They, uh, more they than skirted, that. Yeah, it's, They it's skirted. Yeah, they skirted went to the Big Ten and uh, uh, it had been as rosy for the Nebraska Cornhuskers as uh Kind of thought. proved
2: my point that I, I've always thought, maybe not in 1980, but the Big 8, uh, the Big 12, uh, overrated.
1: Yeah. I, I've always thought they were. Anyway, uh, west of the Mississippi, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, anyway, with those schools, uh, but, man, and, and we all know Coach O got $17 million, You know, and like you said, uh, if you'd look up most of these contracts, uh, even though a lot of these uh, the support groups of the athletic departments with the alums and fans support a lot of these dollars, if you go back and look and see what the schools literally paid them, it was probably uh, uh, maybe even a tenth or uh, maybe even a ninth of what they were getting totally Uh, with their contracts. So, anyway, uh, NFL power rankings are out. Of course, the Eagles, the only uh, left undefeated team in the league, Uh, they're at 4-0. They just traded places with the Bills, who are now second at 3-1. Chiefs, Dolphins, Packers, Ravens, Buccaneers, Vikings, Bengals, and the 49ers. Makes you wonder if the Saints had beaten the Vikings, would they be a little higher? Uh, The Saints come in at uh, number 20. Last week there were 17. Guess who's ahead of the Saints that replaced the Saints' Seventeen. The Jacksonville Jaguars are now 17th on the power ratings. Of course, the Saints have a big game this week over in the Superdome where they take on the Seahawks of Seattle in uh, bigger games. So uh, coming in in the last few spots, the Raiders come in at 27th, the Jets at 28th, uh, the Poor Bears at 29th, the Commanders at 30th, the Panthers at 31st, and the Texans at 32nd the Falcons at 26 so uh they've moved up a little bit of course the Falcons are two and two along with the Saints and uh Tampa Bay being three and one and Carolina I think Carolina's also two and two if my memory serves me correctly I'm looking for uh the Panthers uh I can't believe they're that high or maybe they they're uh, uh yeah they are they're 31st I'm sorry they're one in 3 they're last in the in the uh nfc south so uh like going on i mentioned too about the Saints shake up uh with practice yesterday and a, a bunch of transactions and all uh but uh, talk a little bit about zion williams he looked pretty good last night jeff I watched a, a little bit of the game uh i caught a little bit of it on uh, i think it was on oh tnt or tbs one of them and uh he uh he played pretty well of course uh, the biggest thing on him was uh, getting him back into playing shape again he had, um, you know, he's put on a little weight and uh, hadn't practiced much uh, due to his leg. And I think it was his foot mostly. So, you know, you can't keep in shape that way. But uh, he still can hop and get up and down the floor. And he can still also uh, uh, score underneath and showed a little ability to drive with his right hand. Of course, he's a left-handed player and uh, – Anyway, uh, his,
2: his scoring per minute on the court may be record breaking.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he put on
2: 13 points yesterday in just the 15 minutes you talked about. Uh, he uh, said his mindset was to treat this like any other preseason game, but he admitted it was hard to ignore the message blowing up on his phone, appearing on social media about the year plus that he missed. Um, but uh, obviously. Uh, He's had some opportunity to heal that foot, and you, you hope uh,
1: allowing him that full season rest pays dividends going forward. Uh, not only that, but you got to remember, he most of the guys on this team he's never played with because the Pelicans had a whole host of trades and some movement in the last year and a half after he got injured. You know, picks. Uh, yeah, and he hadn't played with any of those players, so it's going to be interesting to see how he can, uh, you know, uh, melt in with them and uh, learn how to other instincts that each other's have uh, so it's going to take a little time but uh, they're predicting the uh, pelicans to uh, the over and under and wins is between 45 and 50 and that would be very impressive considered they only won 36 games last year so a big improvement of course a healthy uh, zion williamson along with ingram and some of the other players on that uh, pelican team that uh could be forthcoming um, and hopefully it could challenge uh, some of the bigger teams out in the uh, the Western Division of uh, the NBA. So uh, times uh, will tell uh, in that regard. Um, saw another interesting article about tailgate foods. And uh, the burgers are 66% of the respondents, hot dogs 56, chips 52, pool, pork, barbecue 26 are the best four, tailgate foods. Uh, per a new, uh, survey ice cream and popsicles come in at 41.4 veggie burgers at 30 point, uh, uh <laughs> or th- uh, two of the worst. But, uh, anyway, uh. I don't know what I seems like I go to any tailgating for around here. It seems like jambalaya. I was going to say gumbo. Uh, uh, you know, you know uh, uh, they, that's uh, unique
2: to this region, uh, though. But I'm sure that's a nationwide kind of thing.
1: Sure, and uh, of course you you could even try some alligator and they fried food, whether it be uh, shrimp or oysters or you know, depending uh, on who the opponent is, uh, what true. you want to put on the <laughs> grill sometimes. That's true. Anyway, but it's uh, it's really interesting. Uh, when you go around to some of the bigger tailgates, whether it be in LSU and Baton Rouge, would or they be UL? cooking
2: Coon on uh, Saturday, at uh, LSU? Uh, uh, I'm thinking because of the Coon skip. Coonskin caps that the Tennessee Volunteers were famous for wearing. Oh, that's right. Daniel that's right. Boone and all that. That's uh,
1: right, uh, with Davy Crockett and the group. Uh, but uh, anyway, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, what transpires this weekend. Uh, of course, you got to remember, LSU kicking off at 11 o'clock, I do believe, well, a little after 11. They're going to have some odds and ends uh, before the kickoff, actually. And then, of course, the Cajuns uh, taking on um, – uh, uh, Marshall next week. Then I playing this Saturday, they play a week from uh, tonight. Yeah. A Wednesday. Uh, and they journey to Marshall. If my memory serves me correctly, they play up in, uh, uh, Marshall in Huntington, West Virginia, the thundering herd, uh, who, uh, have on their scalp this year, a win at South Bend against Notre Dame. So, uh, pretty impressive too, when you think about it, uh, in that regard, uh, any other uh, breaking or well, news it's there? It's about
2: time to take a break because Coach Laiuza is scheduled to join us here in just a bit.
1: Okay. well, Go ahead and take a break. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on a big hump day, Wednesday, October the 5th. We'll be back with Coach Artie Laiuza from the Delcombe Panthers uh, right after this.
0: Hey, guys. If you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy.
2: The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday, it's Southern Jack DJs, and on Sunday, Gerald Groening and Gentilly Zydeco after the Saints game from 4 to 6. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and shoe, and no bar has more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 9, East Main, across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris, and thanks again for voting. The Quarter Tavern Best Bar and more for this year's Best of the Tesh
1: celebrating
0: 75 years in business danos has been setting the standard for generations become part of something bigger join the team we're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions and you can apply right now at danos.com or call us
4: at 1-833-GO-DANOS great jobs great people that's danos
1: The athletic field provides challenges that test their competitor. It is in that challenge that you realize you can accomplish things you have never thought you could accomplish. I am Jacob Landry, and I'm running for state representative in District 49. I've created hundreds of jobs, good-paying jobs, that families can build prosperous lives based on those jobs. This is my challenge, and I need
5: your help. Your vote and your support will ignite a bright new future for all of us.
0: Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana Campaign.
5: Now back to Bayou Sports on
1: the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports. And on the line with us is head football coach of the Delcrum Panthers, uh, Artie Lausa. And good morning, Coach, and welcome to the show.
6: Morning. How are you guys this morning?
1: Uh, we're doing pretty well, Coach. Uh, of course, you got a big game coming up uh, uh, this coming uh, Friday night against Franklin, uh, your first district game. And uh, I know you had uh, some – I should say, success last week against Westminster Christian. Maybe uh, just kind of give us a a little recap of the game last Friday, and then uh, talk about your next opponent, uh, the Franklin Hornets.
6: Yeah, you know, last week, uh, first half, we uh, established offense pretty well in the first half. They had a hard time stopping our run game. Our offensive line really overpowered them, but defensively, we had some miscues, and they had a big play for a touchdown, and, and mounted a drive for a touchdown, and we ended up halftime 14-14, uh, kind of had to challenge the guys at halftime to, to stay disciplined and play their rules, especially on defense, and we were able to put together a 34-0 second half, uh, which which really, uh, you know, was good on the guys' parts to make those adjustments, and Jackson Wiggins, again, had a big night with 230, 256 yards, something like that, and uh, you know but offensive line defensive line that was the story of the night we held them to negative 40 yards rushing um defensive line it, it just did a great job so it was a good night good homecoming night for sure
2: coach uh saturday morning you told uh, a nice story about jackson wiggins
6: yeah you know um i didn't know this but uh, he scored five touchdowns in the game and apparently it's a a school record that six touchdowns that was scored a few years back in a game. And, you know, the kids came up to me and said, coach, we need to get him another touchdown. Well, it wasn't at a time in the game I was going to do that. I went up to Jackson and I said, look, I didn't know about the record. And Jackson said, coach, I'm not selfish. I'm not worried about records. You know, we're winning. That's all that matters. And, you know, he's just a great kid. That's his mindset. He just goes out there and competes. He's not worried about stats and things like that. So that's refreshing to hear from a a young guy these days.
1: No, no doubt about it. Uh, and, Coach, I think he rushed for another 240-plus yards uh, last Friday night. Is that correct? Com- coming off a 300-plus-yard rushing game uh, the week before.
6: Yeah, you know, that's two two big weeks in a row for Jackson. And, uh, you know, again, our line did a great job, but Jackson at the second level just makes some incredible cuts. Yeah, he he's, a, he's a point guard for us in basketball, so he has incredible vision, and it's showing up on the – on the football field, and I, I think that's a, another testament to why kids should play multiple sports. You know, it crosses over, and, and different skills help in different sports, and it's really paying off for them.
1: And, and You know, Coach, yeah, Grandpa and Grandma I know very well, and, boy, they're really proud of him, too, I can assure you.
6: <laughs> oh, I bet they are. I bet they are. <laughs>
2: Coach, uh, you're 4-1. Uh, most most uh, teams would be pretty pleased, uh, first half of the season being 4-1. and one. How do you grade uh, that 4-1 and one record?
6: I think it's a really good start. You know, I feel like we could have played better against Hanson, and it would have put us in a little better position coming into district. You know, this is a tough district, and as far as making the playoffs and seeding in the playoffs, it's almost like the playoffs start this week, you know, with district. So, um, you know, our backs are still up against the wall with a tough tough district schedule, and we're just going to have to go out there and compete each week.
2: Yeah, I I know a lot of people downplay districts now because of power points, and that gets you into the postseason. But one of the things I still like about district play is the rivalries that it creates.
6: Yeah, without a doubt, you know. And, um, you know, um, uh, we've been kind of, you know, our district schedule has been kind of tough for us the last few years, but I feel like we're coming up to a level where we can compete each week. Uh, with these teams, where before we might have had a few blowouts, you know, uh, here and there. And, and But this year, I think the guys feel like every time we step on the field, we have a chance to compete for a victory. So it's a nice, fresh feeling going into district, and we're just going to have to try to hold our own each week.
2: Franklin, uh, the first district opponent, uh, I think you said Saturday, one of the things that impresses you is their speed.
6: Oh, absolutely. Their speed... Speed on the edges and their size inside is just incredible. I mean, they're a well put together team. I think they played some bigger schools in non district, which probably hurt them because they have guys going both ways, and the other schools didn't. But uh, but nonetheless, they're they're going to be a tough matchup for us with that speed they have.
2: What have you learned about that team since we spoke Saturday? You've had more uh, time to study their film.
6: Yeah, you know, of course, we've been watching film all week, and they're. Their running back is is, is a force. Uh, he played against us last year as a junior, and he's gained some size over the last year. So he's going to be tough to bring down, and just the receivers on the, the quarterback can scramble and the receivers get open, and they'll just chunk the ball downfield and make great plays. So, you know, these guys are going to be tough to defend for sure. We're going to have to play keep away.
2: <laughs> Coach, you've got uh... – them at home, and then uh, another home game against Catholic High next week. Then you finish on the road uh, for three games. Um, What what do you uh, place into uh, the the perspective of uh, finishing on the road like that?
6: Well, it's tough, you know, and that's just the way the draw happened with district finishing three weeks on the road. But but then again, you know, if we're able to get into the playoffs and kind of make a push there, that'll help us for when we have to travel in the playoffs, it'll it'll be just another travel game. So, you know, we can kind of play it that way, but first we have to get there.
2: There you go. Well, Coach, uh, again, appreciate you joining us this morning. Uh, we'll look forward to checking in with you again on Saturday after that game. Um, and, and while uh, I'm sure the the fans are used to the routine on Friday night, anything out of the ordinary this particular week?
6: No, nothing out of the ordinary this week. Just going to be a good night in Delkham.
2: There you go. Always is, uh, coach. Always a pleasure, and we'll look forward to checking back with you on Saturday morning.
6: All right. Thank you, guys.
1: All right. Good luck, luck to you, coach. Uh, yeah, Franklin Hornets. Franklin's got, as he mentioned, you know, a lot of speed, some size. Uh, Going to be an interesting uh, game for the delcom Panthers. Uh, who have played pretty well this year, other than their one, they stubbed their toe against Vermillion Catholic. But uh, everybody in that district that played 8 uh, uh, 2A has stubbed their toe against Vermillion Catholic. So, Actually, it was Hanson. Uh, uh, excuse me, Hanson, you're yeah. correct. But, uh, you know, I'm just thinking that uh, those teams. Uh, 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 that Delcam played before Centerville Hanson Memorial where they did have a rough game they beat uh, Pope John Paul II out of Slidell where Artie I think's father is the offensive line coach there and then Lake Arthur along with uh, Westminster uh, Christian and they've basically uh, put together a pretty good uh, game plan hopefully for Franklin and uh, Jackson Wiggins if we can find some holes uh, against that big defensive line of course Franklin plays a lot of kids two ways so uh Maybe with the running game, uh, along with uh, Parker LeBlanc, uh, the quarterback for the Dalcom Panthers, uh, they can uh, tire him down a little bit. Who knows? uh, At home, uh, in front of their fans, uh, good luck to Coach uh, Artie Lausa and his team.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And, uh, of course, look forward to Kane being there on – the 14th, uh, is that – no, that's not a Thursday night.
1: No, that's, that's a, a Friday, uh, night. It's a Friday yeah. night game. Uh, we'll have that game on the air with uh, the Delcambe Panthers uh, along with the Catholic High Panthers in a big, uh, big uh, district game. Uh, you don't want to come out of your first couple of district games 0-2, and, and you certainly uh, – uh, and 2-0 would really be nice too, so uh, – We'll have uh, that game on next week. Of course, the Panthers of Delcombe taking on Franklin this Friday night over in Delcombe. So uh, uh, I'm sure Coach will appreciate uh, stuff the stands with fans and keep hollering for the Panthers.
2: There you go. And uh, the other Panthers, uh, we're going to have this Friday night Ascension Episcopal at Catholic High. Uh, See if
1: Catholic High can go two in a row. Yes, and uh, they, they they you know they played up uh, against a lot of good teams earlier. Parkview Baptist being one, of course, we all know how Vermillion Catholics is done this year. Uh, went up to Leesville to play the number six ranked team in four uh, A. Uh, uh, they were shut out, but uh, you know they're learning uh, playing some tough opponents uh, in that regard. So that's what the Panthers, uh, what Coach uh, wanted to do. He told me earlier in the year he wanted his young players to uh, uh, get some experience against a really good football teams and uh playing uh erath and leesville and then a 4a team eunice which won a state championship as little as three or four years ago in 4a so uh the panthers taking on uh, ascension episcopal they've kind of had catholic High's number the last uh three games uh two regular season games and a playoff game so uh see if the tables can be turned and uh ascension episcopal scores a lot of points but they also give up a lot of points so uh We'll have that game on Friday night, uh, 6.30 airtime, with approximately 7 o'clock kickoff, Jeff.
2: There you go. There you go. And, uh, again, just a reminder, other Friday night action and or Thursday night, uh, West St. Mary, they're hosting Lorville. Nish will be on the road at Opelousas. Generette, uh, they'll be taking on Hanson Memorial. They uh, head to Franklin for that game. Westgate tries to make it 6-0, and uh, but a tough one against Turlings Catholic coming up. Uh, maybe best game in the state uh, Friday night, Turlings at Westgate. And get there early, folks. Uh, Westgate's been drawing well, and Turlings expected to bring a good crowd. So uh, hope to see uh, folks out at Westgate. And we'll be checking in with Coach uh, Rick Hudson in just a moment. Uh, his team out of district against Maryville uh, on Friday night.
1: Uh, yeah, Jack, uh, Jeff, and to go back just real quickly to close out this uh, next segment, uh, Major League Baseball's regular season concludes today, and though the league's new expanded playoff format uh, has helped in the two longest active playoff droughts, and that's Seattle and the Phillies. And the last time I think the Phillies were in the playoffs uh, uh, was maybe oh eight oh nine. I think they lost to the Yankees. 11. 11. And, oh, you, yeah, well, that's right. The Cardinals beat them in 11, yeah. and at, uh uh, uh, that three out of five, uh, I think it was at the time.
2: But, but, yeah, back-to-back World Series, won a victory against Tampa in 08, and then yep. they lost in 09 against the Yankees. Yankees uh, as uh, as the which is Series. the last
1: time, believe it or not, I think the Yankees have been in the World Series uh, yes. in 09. So, anyway, Blue Jays, Mariners, Rays, who would have been, you know, jockeying for positions. But in the meantime, postseason, uh, with uh, baseball coming up a uh, Friday night, it all begins. And uh, we'll see how uh, that's all going to come to uh, fruition with uh, these teams. So it would be nice to see. And one thing about Major League Baseball, they hadn't been a dominant team uh, that's just in the last decade or so to uh, dominate Major League Baseball. You've seen different teams like the A's winning, I mean, not the A's, but the uh, Royals winning it in 15, the Cubs winning it in 16, the Astros winning it in 17, even though with controversy, and then 18, the Red Sox, uh, and on down the the Washington Nationals, their first time uh, they've won a World Series since 1924. I mean, you mentioned
2: that. uh, It was the first time the Cubs since 1908, granted, not the first time. But then it was the first time for the Astros and uh, the Nationals. That's those right. Two, uh, so franchises.
1: Baseball has uh, had some uh, unique situations uh, in that regard. Of course, twenty the Dodgers won it last year. The Braves uh, they hadn't won it since ninety five. The Dodgers since eighty eight. Who would have thought that uh, over thirty years uh, the Dodgers winning a uh, host, host you know, and winning a World Series? So uh, there is some uh, some uh, you know parity in Major League Baseball, and even with the big teams. Uh, there 's no salary cap in major league baseball, so you'd usually think that there is
2: a luxury tax but not there a is cap.
1: but they if the owners want to spend the money exactly. they can and uh some of the big name teams like the Yankees the Red sox, and dodgers uh have all uh written big checks to players and of course the Dodgers this year are uh, the number one team in the uh in the n l along with the astros uh in the uh AL, but uh, I I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't think the Astros have a big payroll in that regard like the Dodgers, the Yankees would. But uh, anyway, Major League Baseball last uh, regular season. uh, Will uh, Aaron Judge play tonight? Or this afternoon, I should say. I think
2: so. I I would like to see him have uh, four more swings. Yeah, and, 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 you know, he He, he did DH in the first game. I'm not sure about the second game, come to think of it. But he did DH the first game, gave him a little bit of a break. And, you know, they do have uh, the rest. Uh, you know, they they don't have to play in that first round. They've got the bye. I say uh, let him see. I, now that uh, the pressure's off, I'd, I'd really like to see him uh, swing the
1: bat. Yeah, just uh, come out of his shoes, so to speak. But uh, And, you know, he reminds me a little bit of Maris. Very humble, you know, open to interviews. Of course, Maris had, had issues with the press. But just a good good family man and hum, very humble and uh, didn't take uh, to uh, all the plaudits he received and all, just uh, let me play the game I love. So uh, it looks like Judge is following that path too.
2: Let's go ahead and take that break. Uh, falling a little bit behind, Coach Rick Hudson over at Highland Baptist uh, set to join us coming up right after these.
5: Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s.
2: to, answer to pain.com.
1: I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sunbelt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator.
0: All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign.
1: Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367 1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a hump day, a big Wednesday, October the 5th, and on the line with us is head football coach of the Highland Baptist Bears, Coach Rick Hudson. Good morning, coach, and welcome to the show.
3: Good morning, guys.
1: Anyway, Coach. uh, Of course, you go out of district this weekend to play Maryville uh, here in New Iberia. And could you uh, let our listeners, know? could you uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, Maryville team?
3: Well, it's a brand-new team for me and I think for Highland as well. Uh, When they redistricted last year, we ended up picking up Generette, which gave us an odd number of teams. And so everybody has an open date within the district schedule. Ours fell on week six. And when we began looking for teams to play – uh, you know, in our classification or maybe even in 2A, there just weren't very many options. And so when we contacted Maryville, they were in the same situation, trying to find a game for week six. And, uh, that's how we ended up playing this year and the next year.
2: And what do we know about, uh, the players, uh, as far as, you know, uh, they're
3: very similar. Yeah, they're very similar to us. And in, in, in terms of number of players on the team, you know, uh, Single A football that has a lot to do with the, with the the program that you have, and we're both going to dress out, you know, uh, upper 20s, uh, maybe low 30s, and uh, they have a lot of players that go both ways, similar to us. So it's kind of uh, Ironman football. Uh, so I think uh, in a lot of ways we're very similar.
2: Coming off a couple of tough losses, uh, having lost your quarterback. Uh, how have uh, you been able to sort of reconstitute your offense there?
3: Well, that's what we've been trying to do is figure out what Blade can do and and what we can do as a team. Um, I've been real happy with the way our offensive line has performed this year, and, and hopefully that'll continue on for the rest of the season. So it's just kind of trying to, to match our talents with uh, and our skill level with you know the the offense that we already had installed without having to, to make too many changes.
1: Coach, uh, with uh, you mentioned about some of the injury bugs that have taken place for you, how's the rest of the health of your team so far? Just you know, halfway through the season.
3: Well, we got one that'll be out uh, with concussion protocol this week. Uh, uh, Javon Denton, he's uh, one of our defensive backs, and so he won't be available to us this week. Uh, we'll find out more about him as the week, you know, as this week and next week go on. Uh, other than that, just bumps and bruises, and I think we'll have everybody else available.
2: Well, You mentioned the concussion protocol, uh, all the drama over Tua Tagovail. Uh, I always have trouble pronouncing his last name, uh, Tua. <laughs>
3: just call him Tua.
2: Exactly. Um, obviously, that's raised a lot of awareness. Uh, not that there hadn't been awareness about concussions, but uh, again, uh, player safety is such a, a key factor these days.
3: Yeah, it's definitely changed and, and for the better, uh, sometimes it gets a little frustrating for a coach because I know early in the season we had a player who had to miss a game and, and we all felt like, uh, it was probably an overreaction. But again, you have to play, uh, on the side of safety and, uh, you know, the, the protocol is a little bit, uh, Tedious sometimes, but uh, like you said, uh, we don't want anybody having lasting uh, effects from, from playing a game in high school.
2: And I'm not trying to lay blame on Tua, but uh, how much uh, of an impact does the player, uh, w- when he's honest or maybe a little less than honest about what, what his body is telling him?
3: Well, one of the things that we do is they have a computer test that they take, which measures things like uh, reaction time and, and other, other factors. Uh, you know, reasoning skills and things like that. And, and supposedly, uh, it, even if a kid's telling you he feels fine, uh, those things are detected when they retake the test. They, they, they take the test and get a baseline score. And then, uh, if they uh, are suspected of having a concussion, they retake the test. And I've seen some of the results of the test, and you'll have a kid who's telling you that he feels fine, and then he takes the test, and he's way different on the second test. The baseline has moved a bit, which tells you that. That something's going on. Not necessarily a concussion, but, but you can definitely suspect that a concussion has happened if the baseline scores, uh, or if the second score is way off the baseline score.
1: Uh, Coach, uh, uh, with uh, the Maryville team coming to town, uh, what can your fans and listeners uh, What type of offense and what type of defense do they play?
3: Well, they're a, a four man front on defense, which we've seen several times this year, which kind of helps make preparation a little bit easier. Uh, offensively, they're kind of a hybrid wing-tee team. Uh, their, their, their base is out of the wing-tee, but they do a lot of different formations. And that was one of the things that we've been working on already this week is, is making the adjustments. Uh, they use an unbalanced line quite a bit, which, uh, causes you to have to shift your defense. And, and it's something we haven't seen this year. So, um, uh, they're, they're, they're run oriented. They, they run about 80% of the time. Uh, when they throw though, they give you some, they give you some uh, some trickery and things like that off the play action, and uh, they're pretty good at that. So uh, they're averaging about 25 points a game for the season, so they're not a bad offensive team at all. Uh, I think it's going to be a challenge for our defense.
2: All right. Coach, anything the, the fans need to know um, about this one? I know we're well into the season now, but anything out of the ordinary?
3: Well, it's homecoming for us this week. Oh, that's week. right. And, uh, that's right. Remind that's right. us and about any it. And Highland, any Highland alumni, we allow them to come to the game for free. So uh, just bring your ID, and uh, we have the list of all the alumni here at Highland.
2: Yeah, make them it's bring their a diploma. Small new
3: school, <laughs> a small new school. So uh, alumni come in free, and, of course, all the other festivities that go along with uh, with homecoming.
2: Parade is tonight or tomorrow
3: night? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night at 530.
2: You got an idea of the route?
3: That's not my, that's not (laughs) part of my, uh, I just ride. I I got (laughs) you.
2: I I know you're not on the homecoming committee, so. (laughs) That's right. But, uh, it it always does, uh, lead to that challenge, though, making sure kids are focused. Any problems there?
3: Not so far. You know, I addressed that at the very beginning of the week. I said, we've, know, we've had good homecomings where there were no problems, and we've had some homecomings where we've had to constantly discipline people for getting out of line, uh, you know, the, the, the toilet paper and things like that goes beyond that. And so uh, cross your fingers and knock on wood. So far, it's been uh, no problems.
2: There you go. Coach, uh, always a pleasure. We'll look forward to recapping it again on Saturday.
3: Good deal. Look forward to talking to you all Take yeah,
2: care, luck, and thanks Coach. for joining us. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate uh, Coach Rick Hudson. Uh, he has uh, joined me on Saturday morning since 2002.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, they, it's uh, – it's been interesting, uh, for Highland uh this year. Uh started off with two big wins and uh then stumbled a little bit the next two weeks. So and uh
2: and again the competition but also the injuries.
1: Uh, it's yeah really and unfortunate. And like you said, you know, with a small limited squad, uh you wonder um, how that plays a big impact, uh, for some of these smaller A schools and all who uh limited numbers, you know, high twenties, low thirties, their squad uh of course you gotta remember uh that's probably some freshmen and sophomores uh, included in there and players going two ways. So uh, it's tough on some of those single A programs to day in and day out to uh, play 10 games. And hopefully you can have enough bodies to put on the field too with any type of experience at all. Yeah,
2: no doubt. Uh, But again, uh, we look forward to uh, some success Friday night and homecoming. And while, uh, Coach didn't know the exact route. I'm pretty sure it does reach downtown at some point. Okay, uh, I, I think in years past it has. So. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, it's
2: the homecoming parade. Yeah, it, it, I, I think they work their way from Highland uh, uh, down to Superior, maybe Trotter to Superior, and then across uh, the bridge and get back.
1: Okay, all right. Uh, well, uh, looking for uh, if you see. Uh, a nice parade coming through and your and neighborhood. Just be
2: prepared for a little traffic. That's you, right, you know. and
1: it's it's going to be momentarily. Yeah. So, uh, or if you well, I, l- let
2: me tell you, last week's Catholic <laughs> High parade <laughs> that was that was uh, a homecoming parade of note. Uh, 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 that, yeah, it had traffic stopped. Uh, and, and what's unfortunate uh, in a lot of these situations, not like a Mardi Gras parade or the festival parades, uh, they don't get uh they don't block uh lewis street at main street uh, they don't divert traffic so all these people are like making that turn and saying what the heck's going on here because they're not as publicized these parades so that's why i try and uh get get the word out as much as possible
1: uh yeah and uh, i think they had 17 18 floats quickly yeah. before we go to our next break i can remember my senior year our homecoming parade uh we had a an architect, a future architect in our class made a Big Panther and put it on a trailer. And uh, to try to be a little, uh, how would you say, uh, mischievous, we tried to roll through uh, Mount Carmel through their old uh, mm-hmm. driveway in the back. And as we got to one of the uh, overhangs, it didn't fit. <laughs> so we disrupted a few classes and all. And we were laughing, uh, but we were finally able to get the uh, the Big Panther I made out a cut out of wood uh, under the overhang and uh, through the campus. Uh took us about five minutes. Mm-hmm. It seemed like an hour. <laughs> anyway, it was pretty funny. And uh, just remember uh, memories from that uh, of our homecoming parade. Before we go to the break, uh, LeBron, you know, Kareem mentioned something about LeBron yesterday. Well, LeBron James is set to break Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's uh, all-time NBA scoring record this season. They asked about his thoughts and their relationship. He said, nah, no thoughts, eh, no relationship either. <laughs> so, Kareem and uh, 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 Jabbar, along with uh, LeBron James, uh, looks like uh, they're not going to be uh, sending each other Christmas cards this year. So, uh with the NBA scoring uh, career, scoring head to tack. Anyway, Jeff, uh, time for our next break, too, uh, with uh, Bayou Sports, unless you have anything no, no, uh, to we can... complete the uh, segment. Anyway, we'll be back with more on Bayou Sports uh, right after this on uh, Kane Radio FM 107.5 and AM 1240.
4: Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows.
2: The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Thursday, it's Southern Jack DJs, and on Sunday, Gerald Groening and Gentilly Zydeco after the Saints game from 4 to 6. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and LSU, and no bar has more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 9, East Main, across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit margaritas and daiquiris, and thanks again for voting. The Quarter Tavern Best Bar and More for this year's Best of the Tesh.
0: Hi, this is Boxcar I'm inviting
4: you to join me and PGA golf professional Teddy Sliman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m.
0: We'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes, and we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240.
1: Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs. Eagle Ridge, Cane Row, and Sugar Oak.
4: So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Cane. Dream us live on cane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day.
2: to answer to pain.com.
4: what does the 50th anniversary of title IX mean it means i'm valued i'm empowered i can do anything it means i'll pave the way for every girl who plays high school sports in the future just like every female student coach official and administrator blaze the trail for me because every student deserves the opportunity to play encourage girls you know to participate in louisiana high school sports
0: this message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association.
1: Now back to Bayou Sports on the all new Kane 1075. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big hump day, Wednesday, October the 5th. And um, talked to about it as a teaser earlier in one of the segments. The Saints shake up. Uh, the practice squad, with five transactions, signed a former All-Pro uh, with that. So the Saints announced a flurry of practice squad transactions uh, this week, including the addition of uh, veteran defensive halfback Chris Harris. In addition to bringing Harris on board, the Saints also signed fullback Adam Prentice, defensive uh, back Jordan Brown to the practice squad, in corresponding moves, they also released uh, defensive back Trey Swilling. I think that's Pat Swilling's son, too, who played at Georgia Tech. Also, from the practice squad and waved defensive back uh, DeMarcus Fields from the active roster, and Harris is the most notable name. He's an 11-year vet who earlier in his career accumulated first-team All-Pro uh, nod and four all-pro appearances with the Broncos, along with the St. Defenders Tyrone Matthew and Cameron Jordan Harris' name to the Pro Football Hall of Fame's 2010s All-Decade team. He last played with the Chargers, whom he signed a two-year $17 million contract in 2020 uh, season, two seasons with the uh, Los Angeles. Harris intercepted two passes in 23 games. He's 33 years old though, and he has appeared in 162 games in his NFL career, recording 22 interceptions, four pick sixes, 94 passes, Broken up. He was teammate with Saints uh, corner uh, Bradley Roby on the Broncos 2015 Super Bowl champion team. So uh, Saints uh, trying to uh, correct some of their uh, issues, but the big issue I would be
2: some injuries
1: uh, play a part into that too. Yeah, but you know what? I, I was really disappointed with the Saints. They let uh, Latavius Murray get away and not putting him on the active roster. And uh, right. what, what amazement, but he was on the active. That's roster what I don't on, understand, on too. Sunday, so. Yes, so how could they pick him up uh, prior to or, or after the game if he was on the active? I don't understand the uh, how they could pull that off. But Unless they, they allowed it. Uh, that, yeah. But I mean, man, Legion rushing, 11 carries. I think he had close to 60 yards and uh, played pretty well considering unless the Saints knew something we didn't know or maybe uh, big options uh, they had to pay him with the salary because him being a, a long-term vet. Uh, I'm not sure about that. And hadn't he seen any answers about it either or heard from the Saints in that regard?
2: No, no. All I heard was that the Broncos were impressed, and so they uh, acquired him. and. Again, I just don't know the circumstances, the transaction, but I was surprised, too. Uh,
1: anyway, maybe uh, Kamara is back this week. I haven't heard anything on that. Uh, of course, the Saints will release their injury report sometime during the day. Hadn't seen or had access to that. We'll have it probably tomorrow on Bayou Sports to see who uh, who is injured and might have the ability to play. That includes Winston also in that regard. Uh, Michael Thomas is another one. Jarvis Landry is another one. Uh, so uh, Saints, uh, Ramachek will be another one. So uh, Pete's another one. So a lot of Saints down right now.
2: Yeah, you know, and, and again, it's you know, going back to Sunday's game, disappointing loss. But again, you you mentioned uh, that injury lineup, and uh, you know it's a different game.
1: It, it is. It is. And,
2: and I know both teams or uh, all teams struggle with injuries throughout the season. No sport more than that suffers, uh, injuries throughout the season and you got to deal with it. You got to have a little depth and Um, uh, but still the bottom line is, uh, if, if Thomas and Kamara are uh, in there, uh, you know, it's a different game.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, Saints had a little, had some issues running, uh, the football Of course, uh, with Ingram along with, uh, Murray, uh, they did an adequate job, but you know, having Kamara in there, a threat to catch balls out of the backfield as a safety valve, uh, it's going to add to that. So, Anyway, Saints uh, take on Seattle noon uh, Sunday in the Superdome. Uh, We'll see uh, what Geno Smith can do for the Seahawks. Hopefully the Saints can stymie him like they did last year. Well, he only scored 10 against the Saints. Of course, the Saints only put up 13 in that regard. Anyway, today in sports history, October the 5th in 1908, Chicago White Sox pitcher Ed Walsh beats the Detroit Tigers. Uh, That's not the significance. I was going to say. The significance is. It was his 40th victory of the year. Wow. You'll never see that ever again in baseball. 40 win season. You know, 30, we think, is a lot. They hadn't had a 30 game winner in Major League Baseball since Denny McLean in 68 and uh, you'll never see 40 again that's and unless 40 they, starts that'd right. be
2: tough to get the Yeah they usually
1: 33 35 starts is about the the max
2: I mean but, when when we were growing up it was a four man rotation that's right. now it's a, a generally a five man rotation sometimes they alter that uh, early in the season but w- with a few extra days off but it, it really it it's the number of starts and you know so many guys don't even make the full five innings they they really almost need to change the rule as yeah. to what uh, justifies who gets the W next yeah. to their name.
1: Well, when baseball starts playing two hundred and forty regular season games, yeah. we, we may see. <laughs> I hope that never comes to uh, happening. Anyway, in nineteen twelve, the Boston Red Sox beat the Athletics three nothing for their hundred and fifth win of the major league season. Courts, it's the AL record until twenty seven, and you know it was the Yankees who won one hundred and ten games that year. National League, it was Cubs with 116. I think we mentioned that yesterday. Also, uh, in 1915, uh, Ty Cobb steals his 96th base of the season. in a loss to the Indians. Stands as a Major League record until 62 when Maury Wills steals 104 bases for the Dodgers. Lou Brock does it in 74 with 118. Ricky Henderson comes back, I think, in 82 with 130, which is now the new Major League mark. On this date, 1941, Brooklyn Dodger catchers, Mickey Owens, boy, if you ever get to see that, drops the third strike, and Tommy Hendrick reaches first safely for the Yankees in the World Series era that would have been the last out. So the Yankees score four runs with two Outs to win seventy four and win the series four games to one. Uh, they all feel the Dodger fans in Brooklyn. If Peter held on to the ball, uh, they might have evened up the series and possibly won it. In forty two, the Cardinals uh, club wins their fourth World Series. They beat the Yankees four to two at Yankee Stadium uh, for the four to one series victory. In forty seven. Al Gianfrido makes that famous catch off Joe DiMaggio in Game 6 of the World Series. Dodgers beat the Yanks 8-6, to six, and the catch inspires back-to-back uh, to back expressions. That was the only time they said Joe DiMaggio showed a little emotion on the field as he kicked the dirt rounding uh, second base. In 1950, the Celtics owner Walter Brown and uh, Coach Red Auerbach draw out of the hat for three members of the defunct Chicago Stags franchise. They hit the jackpot with six-time future NBA champion Bob Cousy. I still admit uh, Bill Russell and not play with the uh, Celtics. And the uh, and you know St. Louis, the Hawks drafted Russell, and the Celtics traded for him. Anyway, they don't, Kuzi doesn't win six NBA championships without Bill Russell. Anyway, in 56, catcher uh, Yogi Berra becomes the fourth Yankee with a World Series Grand Slam in Game 2 at Ebbets Field. Of course, that 56 series was also uh, the perfect game, the only perfect game ever pitched in World Series play by Don Larson. In 83, Edmund, uh, Edmund Eskimo superstar Wayne Gretzky scores a goal and an assist and a 5-4 win. And it starts his NL record fifty-one game scoring streak, and of course it ended uh, the following year in nineteen ninety-one. Fresno State ties uh NCAA football record, scoring forty-nine points in a quarter, the second quarter as they beat New Mexico ninety-four to seventeen. Uh, I remember back in sixty-eight, Houston beat Tulsa a hundred to six. So I'm surprised they didn't put up forty-something uh, points in a in a quarter. Elsewhere in 1996, Bernie Williams homers from each side of the plate as the Yankees beat Texas 6 to 4 to win the AL Division Series. In 2001, Barry Bonds hits his 71 and 72nd home run. An 11 to 10 loss to the Dodgers at Pacific Bell Park breaks out uh, Mark McGuire's uh, Major League Single Season record in homers. 2001, the Braves become the first pro team to win 10 straight division titles, mauling the Marlins, uh, their little English alliteration, 20-3 to three to clinch the NL East. The NBA Celtics did it, along with the Lakers. Of course, the uh, Braves went on to win 14 straight, I think, division titles. In 2002, and the first time in the 42-year-old history, the Anaheim Angels win the postseason series by beating the Yanks 9-5 to to take the LDS uh, 3-1. to of course, they go on to win the World Series that year, and uh, the singing cowboy Gene Autry, who had died four years earlier, didn't get to see his Angels uh, win a World Series.
2: They they had a couple of epic losses in. Uh, That's right. When when there's only four teams in the postseason, uh, the East winner, the West winner, and then the World Series uh, in '82 against the Brewers, they were up two games to nothing. Uh, won both games in Anaheim, came to Milwaukee and lost three straight. And then against the Red Sox in '86, uh, again, I, I think that affected Donnie Moore the rest of his life from right, giving to up that home run.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember who hit the home run to win the I game. Can, late. I can,
2: I can picture him. I Dave, can remember the
1: video, but I can't, uh, can't think of the game, uh, the uh, the star who hit the three run homer out in left field to win the game uh, to beat the Angels. Anyway, in 2003, the Cubs win their first Major League postseason series since 1908 uh, with a five to one win over the Braves in Game Five in the National League Division Series at Turner Field.
2: Don't remind me about the
1: next series. Yeah, well, it did happen. Yeah. So, anyway, birthdays today and born on this date, 1902. Ray Kroc, the American fast food entrepreneur, McDonald's, and owner of baseball San Diego Padres, born in Oak Park, Illinois. And, boy, I wanted to find some things. Ray Kroc used to get on a PA system and criticize the Padres when he first bought them. And, of course, the Padres make the playoffs, I think, uh, uh, the World Series the year he died. And he died in January of 84, and the Padres Um Made it to the World Series against the Tigers, but Kirk Gibson and that company took care of business in 84. Elsewhere, born on this date in 1937, Barry Switzer, of course the football coach in Oklahoma and the Dallas Cowboys, born in Crossette, uh, uh, Arkansas. Also born on this date in 1965, Jeff, Mario Lemieux, Canadian uh, Hockey Hall of Fame center, team owner, three-time National Hockey League MVP, Pittsburgh Penguins owner, born in Montreal, Quebec, and the quote of the day, from a baseball umpire Doug Harvey, and I remember Doug Harvey well, good umpire too. He says, well, when I'm right, no one remembers. He says, yeah. when I'm wrong, no one forgets. No, that's so true. <laughs> from that's Doug so Harvey, true. that's a tough job, Major League umpires. are still criticizing with that strike zone box. <laughs> when you see pictures outside that box, uh, Greg Maddox was famous for getting calls, I felt, uh, during the course of his career. And,
2: and, and again, you know, that box – you know, the home plate is not one-dimensional. That's right. Uh, it is as far as flat, but not as far as... You know, a ball can cross the plate in front, it can cross it in back, Yeah, and that square, uh, to me, doesn't mean a thing.
1: It's a lot of times, you know, the, the the inexperienced fan sees the catcher catch the ball right in the heart of the plate, but where did the ball cross the exactly. plate? He's, he's 18 inches behind the plate. Or, you know? or if not more. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's uh, Today in Sports History, October 5th, Jeff. I don't know if you have any late-breaking news.
2: No late-breaking news, but just a couple of headlines of note, Kenny Pickett, name the The Steelers starting quarterback um, beats out Mitch Trubisky, uh, Packers, and Giants. uh, And I think you referenced this uh, before, but I had either forgotten it, but for some reason I think you did mention it. Packers and Giants going to play in London. First time that two winning teams have played (laughs) in one of those games.
1: That's right. That's right. Which, uh, again, took me a little bit by surprise. And in Germany, too, for the first time ever, I do believe.
2: No, I think they're in London. Are they in Germany or London? I think London? they're in Germany. You, you may be
1: right. You may I think right. they're in Germany. So, uh, And if that is if that is the case, I think it's the first time uh, United States football or uh, American football have been playing in Germany. It
2: will be when they do, but this one I'm pretty sure is in London. The okay. fans in London have been waiting 15 years
1: for this to happen. Well, well maybe, maybe it's the November game that's going to be in Germany uh, with uh, NFL football. And that's got to be another time zone too. So uh, is that a seven thirty start? You know, yeah,
2: uh, it, it is another eight thirty start our time.
1: Okay, uh, and even the one in November, if they do that, play in that Germany, I don't know. Okay, I, that I don't know. But
2: um, yeah, look, everything in this story gives me the impression the game is in London. Okay, not sure uh, which of the two stadiums they're going to be in, but um, everything in that story gives me the indication that it is. In London. And one other uh, note uh, Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen apparently have hired divorce lawyers.
1: Uh oh. Not so, good. So sad. So sad. Not good. Not good. Uh, yeah, that uh, the league announced uh, that uh, the game's going to be in Munich, first ever regular season game in Germany for the 2022 season. And uh, they also announced that Frankfurt will host future games in Germany. I'm trying to see who the teams are. Just going through that article real quick. It seems like the Carolina Panthers will be one of them. Tampa
2: maybe, two. I thought. Uh,
1: let's see. Uh, it says, in December, four NFL teams, Carolina Panthers, Kansas City Chiefs, New England Patriots, Tampa Bay, were granted access to Germany for marketing. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't see here who the opponent uh, will be for the Panthers. Uh, anyway, but that game's going to be played in November, I think, in uh, in Germany uh so first ever postseason games uh, uh uh okay here we go the first ever nfl regular season game in germany is set seattle seahawks will face the tampa bay buccaneers yeah. at 9:30 a.m eastern time uh home of uh, in munich so and that's going to be uh, uh november 13th so there you go first time in uh, germany anyway that's it, that's it, it.
2: and he- here's my final headline uh, Braves put down the first sacrifice bunt of their season yesterday. Huh? They had not laid down a sec. You talk about how the game has changed. Has it changed? But that
1: was the first sacrifice bunt of the season. Though. Yeah, people don't button you, especially with the overshift infields. I know. Uh, give me a break. Where's the managerial prospect on this?
2: Uh, they did win the division though. So yeah, uh. yeah. I remember criticizing the Cubs hiring Lou Pinella as manager, and then he goes off and wins two straight division titles so you That's know we're, we're not always the smartest
1: oh guys. i know but it just the bunt is yeah you're giving up an out but you're moving runners along and especially with two runners on first and second you bunt them over with the overshifts and all you're seeing today uh, uh the strategy has it duly changed no no doubt
2: as always appreciate our guests uh, again arty lausa head coach at delcom and rick hudson head coach at Highland Baptist. Tomorrow on the show, two more head coaches. We'll check in with Josh Learman at New Iberia Senior High and Carol Olivier as their season starts to wind down at Acadiana Christian School. Big thanks to our sponsors as well by Sports. brought to you in part by the Quarter Tavern. Also want to thank L.A. Classic Roofing, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Schwing Insurance, the Headache and Pain Center, and Jacob Landry, candidate for state rep district number 49, and again that election next fall, not this fall.